poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into The Bohemian Beat. I'm Riddy, with you for the next hour. In today's show, we will be speaking with one of my favourite artists, multi-talented, award-winning singer-songwriter Guyane, who is sharing some of her immense experience in a new workshop. But first, let's settle in with a track from Guyane's debut self-titled 1989 album.
was Train of Thought by Guyane, who we have in the studio today. Welcome back, Guyane, to the Bohemian Beat. It's lovely to be here, really. Now, Guyane, you've, you've had a stellar career with much diversity from exploding into the Australian pop scene in the late 80s with the smash hit Wait to six very different albums. A book <laughs> of Poetry, a children's book in between, I mean... And now you have new material and a workshop dedicated to nurturing creativity. You've been very busy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm far more busy in the corners of my mind and I can actually live out. Ah, the you know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. So tell us a little about, a bit about these uh, creative tips you are imparting. Well, I, it's been a while since I've done a workshop, but... Um, I did a six-week songwriting workshop some years back and it was very beautiful to impart all those little tips and tools that I've gathered along the way. And this one's going to be sort of more concentrated over a day, which is kind of asking the impossible on some degree. But um, it's all about... uh, It's not just for songwriters. It can be just for writers or poets or people that just want to sort of flex their pen um, and make sounds that can hook up with melody. I'm very good at imparting that knowledge, I think, of how to hook meter to melody. And I think that can trip people up. So I I have um, a lot of experience in, you know, as you know, I've sort of hooked Lunig's work up to music. So, you know, poetry has its own musicality and just trying to shake that or delve into people's um, process and express their truth so that they can walk away with something they're really proud of and whether that matures into a song at the end of the process I'm not quite sure that would be really lovely if people came full circle and actually came from you know an inspired poem and then at the end of the day they're they're actually um, created a song that would be fabulous. And how does this process actually aid you in this creative um, pursuits that you've done over the you know what three decades? Oh yeah no god um well, we're sort of nurturing, uh, we've been nurturing Marin Jean for quite a, a number of years. Uh, she's a local Steiner girl that's on gangbusters in the European sort of EDM world with working with a French producer over there. And, and sort of, um, I guess you get to a point in your career where you, you just need to give back, you know, and it's never had a child either. So somehow Marin seems to have filled a huge gap in both me and Sai's um, world where uh, she's just one of the most responsive, beautiful, creative, young, blooming uh, geniuses I feel that we we could have um, stumbled upon. So she's just finished her first EP, Long Play EP. I say that sort of an in-between with us and that's um, on the brink of coming out. So we're pretty excited about that. So I guess, you know, the process, once you start to give it away, it just feels very natural. Yeah, I guess that's also the part of when you're sort of you're teaching and creating these spaces. It's like the more you connect with people and their creativity, the more you learn as well. Yeah, and it's holding a very safe place um, for people to feel that they can really be honest in. I think it's about being honest. And I think that's what we're all trying to do with the creative process rather than sound like someone or write like mm. someone is to try to really evoke your own mark 
Yeah. Well, I think that's what I like about um, community radio, particularly, especially with the Bohemian Beat, is that we can actually look at art as it is rather than this sort of concept of we've got to commercialise, commercialise all the time. And sometimes when you're doing that, you don't actually allow the real creativity to sort of come out and to expand and, and move where it needs to go. Yeah, a victim of your own success. Yeah. I often look at people and go, well, yep, we could have repeated that song a million times and cashed in or you could take a risk and break into a new area that may be really risky commercially but hey you know you've got to keep pushing the boundaries for yourself otherwise you're not going to be um, finding the unknown exactly yeah you know the exploration of the artist is pretty um, death-defying isn't it totally both financially (laughs) and spiritually Yo, artists out there, unite. <laughs> well, we <I> th- feel you. <laughs> no, totally, totally. So Picnic and Hanging Rock, you, this, this new oh, project. Look, it's, it's, it's just this very strange coincidence that um, maybe two years ago I was walking down Tellos Beach and um, I just started to really sort of feel Miranda you know and because I grew up people used to mistake me for Anne Lambert as a child actually she was Miranda and so I had this incredible affiliation with that story like the book and the film and uh, then um, they unbeknownst to me someone was sort of concocting a tv series over in the corner of Australia going well let's let's do that movie into a tv series which to me was just like sacrilegious you cannot replace those characters or those strange panpipe (laughs) panpipe um score that was just so kind of horribly good yeah spooky good spooky good spooky good so um anyway uh my publisher was telling me that you know it was an anomaly of I think directors dying and people getting sacked and composers not fitting the bill and it sounds like it was a bit of a shit fight to get this thing rolling but maybe the spirit is quite strong on that film and sometimes things don't want to be remade that's my take but I uh, I just went ahead and did some songs just for the sheer thrill of throwing my two cents worth I think they've gone for scores because I didn't hear back from any director but anyway no harm in trying I say anyway we could play you a song that didn't make the cut (laughs) that tells the story from Joan Lindsay's classic novel the brambles under valentine skies and the secrets held oh the poetry that February we fell under its spell removing gloves black stockings teacups we gave ourselves to be and the time did stop at the base of the rock when miranda disappeared oh miranda miranda 
or their bloody letting out of maiden screams. We scaled the rock with no sound, no luck. The papers made a scene, but the boy he knew where the white swan flew and the sirens called her name bring the flash lights bring the blood hounds or a supernatural pain was it virginal sacrificial murder suicide oh Sarah poor Sarah oh Sarah withdrew she took her life and paid the price her pretty face turned Mrs. Appleyard, emotionally scarred, stole herself away, followed a trail, her head impaled with no one there to pray. But the rock did speak, its pulse grew weak. That secret place called home And the river flowed right under their nose Her secrets it will keep So safe inside Beautiful. That is so special. You heard it first on the Bohemian Beat. <laughs> and thank you, Cy. We have Cy, an incredible guitarist, musician, with us in the studio as well. So if you've just tuned in, this is the Bohemian Beat. I'm Riddy, and we're speaking with us to Australian legend, Gian, singer-songwriter, whose Heavy. musical career spans nearly three decades. <laughs> oh, yawn. <laughs> <laughs> now, um... 22nd of February is a pretty special day because that's when you filmed Wait. Wait. Yeah, it's my mum's birthday as well. So got a, got a few um, profound feelings for me, the 22nd of the 2nd. Yeah. Yep. And yep, I filmed Wait on the cliffs of Kiama and in, in the church of Madame Lash. I don't know those that go back that far, but Madame Lash, the dominatrix that had a wonderful career in Sydney as an eccentric sort of, um, uh, well, she was a sort of a fashion designer, but she's also a very clever um, pa painter as well. Yeah. yeah. She owned this, she still owns the Kirk Gallery, which is like an very sort of haunted place in Cleveland Street. Gothic-y. Yeah, real gothic. Yeah. Dramatic edge. Yeah. I was wondering where those cliffs were, those in Kiama. Kiama. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, Kiama. Surfing so, cows. 
So, um, Kian, after the release of Wait in 1989, you were pretty much thrown into the spotlight, um, into the industry. Uh, what was it like as a, a young woman entering into the Australian uh, music scene? Um, terribly exciting, yeah. And uh, some would say, you know, you have to really... You usually have a couple of albums before you get a song um, away so well than your first one but I'd, I'd had such a lengthy time before that song hit the airwaves in bands and um, Haiku. I'd done a big apprenticeship you could say yeah and so I was I was kind of more than ready in a way so I, I wasn't really sort of finding my feet as far as a performer I'd done a lot of I'd tread the boards some 10 years prior that so I felt pretty ready and, and done that Star, show, star search show and everything so I felt somewhat um yeah I had some wings ready to go get on the tour bus and um yeah get behind that and uh, radio play so when you were um sort of in those sort of talent quests um how was your um music because you were writing your own music which was quite your own own material which was quite sort of unheard of um, how did that go down? Was there sort of? Well, uh, I did. Um, I guess I did about eight heats in that uh, national competition, cool. which I guess is now called the Voice, isn't it? Really, yeah. that, that took over. It's sort of full evolved. Circle. It has. It's taken over the whole music industry, unfortunately. Um, would you get Bob Dylan on a show like that? I don't think so. Uh, anyway, yeah, no. It it came with its own. Um, Mm, yes, Rub. I, I did a few covers, but I did like maybe five out of the eight. I, I did originals and there came I came head to head with the producer for the final because I was in the grand final and I uh, found it very difficult to choose a song. It's you, you don't get very long to choose a song and you have to, you know, prepare it and hope that you pick the right one and I um, wanted to do a French original song and they were just like adamant no way you know that's it's not going to happen so I kind of went around and tried to find another song I ended up with a talking head sign life during wartime and they were like hmm that doesn't sound good either so anyway I said I basically made I walked into the office of the um, producer and I said well if you don't allow me to do my original song then I guess I just won't do the show and so that got me through and it actually got me the grand final so I won the grand final on a French original against all odds um, and I just felt very proud of myself that I stood by something that I felt was very much me you know yeah. as opposed to searching around for a cover when I hadn't done a life of covers so it didn't feel very natural for me so yeah it was a big step for them to back me on a French original that sounded Italian anyway <laughs> yeah don't get me to talk French to you I can only say the odd word but doing, doing uh, French with an Italian accent yeah yeah that's very um, Australian isn't it so before we move in uh, move on how about uh, wait Oh, wait, wait a minute. There she stands Looking out to see it Waiting for her first love Keep on waiting 
little baby cries in the arms of the night. She's calling out his name like a madam butterfly. Oh, yes, she is.
is an army fighting against me fighting a lost cause if I could only change their uniform they'd be soldiers of love marching on my lord love is an army Waiting for me Waiting for this girl If I could only stretch my arms around you I'd suddenly see There ain't nothing wrong with me Yeah, words fly is an army from her the invisible bird cd and gian you're not so invisible anymore no that was a moment wasn't it? i had to re retitle that album i took it back to its original title suburban opera because i after america it was a bit of a crash and burn situation so i 
um, took me a couple of years to actually put the feathers back on the wings and come back to music in a healthy way. So I kind of came to my senses and retitled it what it actually was, which is suburban opera. Suburban opera. I was, you know, a little bit... My wings got a bit burnt in America, as you can imagine. Well, I mean, this is a time where it's all sort of coming out now about Mm. how difficult it is as a female artist to be able to be in charge of your own uh, creativity and to get, you know, further um, into the industry to have more exposure. So can we talk a little bit about um, what it's like as a woman being in the industry? Yes. You're quite alone. I felt quite alone. I was always in a room with a lot of men. So that's never really changed very much, even though it has been three decades. I can't actually say that we have progressed, which is sad to say that. And even um, mentoring someone as young as Marin Jean, who's you know, 21, and hearing her adventures recently in Europe, where you know she again is coming up against the sort of um, you know, uh, young, arrogant men that are always um, belittling and not inclusive you know it's not so much about being sort of feministic in a way of bashing guys it's just trying to get some equality in 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 areas where we deserve it you know so um yeah that song from John Lennon still haunts me you know women is the nigger of the world I mean it's a shame that we we haven't really progressed that far um with people like uh Trump in power and and yeah, it goes on and on, doesn't it? But I, I did feel, um, I guess I've always felt quite like a boy-girl, you know, my whole life, um, like a tomboy-ish sort of girl. So I, I've i kind of found it very easy to be in a male-dominated area to some degree, but it, um, it still astounds me how mm, we have to still fight for, you know, the right to party in a way. Yeah. And can you share um, some of your experiences that you've had that have been particularly difficult? Um, whoa. Uh, <laughs> that's a big one. That's a bit of a me too, isn't it? Um, there's some areas that I feel um, too, maybe a bit too delicate to talk about at, at present. Um, th- there's definitely been uh, circumstances that are very uh, vulnerable to share right now in in my life um where you know you are still sort of the fight or flight thing and um yeah I feel the women that have come forward say in the film industry are very brave and uh there is a huge risk of with that exposure you know they're risking may not may not have a career anymore a future but um yeah mine hasn't been so you know, overt as a lot of these um, women coming forward. Uh, it's kind of just been a constant with the industry and um, where you're just going. The, the Me Too uh, movement has certainly been triggering a lot of women all over the places, again, where the clearer divides of what sexual harassment is and how women can actually, you know, be able to be who they are mm. um, within that sort of male-dominated industry, which, which makes it very, very, very difficult. Yeah, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about it's not just the women, but it's the church, you know. The church is exposed now greatly. And they were, again, men 
you know, preying on small, generally, boys. And um, the voice was silenced with the children as well. You know, it was mostly men with little boys. And that's that's been the biggest expo- first exposure, hasn't it? The exploding. And then it's kind of gone on to the um, Me Too campaign with women. But it's generally men abusing their position of power. And um, yes, I have come across that many, many times. And they feel that they are immune because they are so special that they are unaccountable for their actions. So it's, um, you know, not like me to not say something. So I'm pretty, um, pretty fierce on that level and pretty honest. So I, um, sometimes I can feel very alone and scared in, in being that honest. Um, but it's worth it. Yes, yeah, it's worth it. Well, it is worth it, I think, to be able to stand up and sort of name the game. with radishes and rockets Let a passion fruit crawl up your thigh Grow some oregano in your fly Make a steamy compost of your fear
from her second album, Reddest Red. And we have Gian and Sai in the studio. And uh, we're going to continue this conversation, Gian, with, with what are you doing now? Oh, actually, you've got a poem. Gian bought a poem to share. There's too many things to talk about. There is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we were just in the break talking about what's really important. And I guess what's really important to me is um, the wildlife 
and uh, because we live in such a beautiful shire, you know, the ever in, in, increasing development that we're sort of trying to balance in our lives with uh, people, everybody wanting to live here, but also sort of keeping the natural habitat in place. And um, I guess I'm so affected by the birds because we are on the on the border of the national park, the Arachnal National Park. And um, so I wrote a little song, but I also came across this uh, beautiful piece by Terry Tempest Williams. She's an American um, activist, writer, environmentalist. And she said this, which sort of sums up, <coughs> segway, segues nicely into a, a little song that um, uh, I've only demoed, but it, we can play it on the show. It seems appropriate. Um, Once upon a time when women were birds, there was the simple understanding that to sing at dawn and to sing at dusk was to heal the world through joy. The birds still remember what we have forgotten, that the world is meant to be celebrated. I just, I don't know, that went very deep for me. Yeah. So um, The world is meant to be celebrated. Yeah. And I think that is what's so, for me particularly, what is so amazing about your um, art is that um, artistic vision to be able to see those little details of how, you know, the beauty, you know, in between little cracks and all that sort of stuff, the things that you can sort of focus on. The, the feather colours, yes, yeah. Well, uh, this is a little, uh, this is If the Birds Could Talk... I think this is kind of what they would say anyway. It's called Tiny Birds. All the birds are in a flap again There's no more room left in the sky Their real estate has been eaten up with flying machines of buildings obscene that punch holes in the sky. They have to change their song, they have to sing much higher to get their little voices heard above the traffic island. So what have we achieved? And when can I leave? I only want to hear a tiny little bird song. Look what we've done, cancelled out the sun When I only want to hear a tiny little bird song Far away, the fish have lost their sea There's no more water in their lungs The temperature Who's made them reach for wings? They're walking out, now they're protesting. But what are we to do? The fish have turned to birds. There's no more sky of blue. This is too absurd. So, fold away the sun. Damage has been done. I only want to hear a tiny little bird song. Hold me a line, I'll pick it up this time When I only want to hear a tiny little bird
beautiful, an ode to the birds, your tiny little bird song, Gyan. The white-cheek honey eaters that <laughs> live in the garden, they're so, so precious. It's quite an honour to, like with birds, I mean, for me too, actually, I've, we've had some birds next to the house that... Um, watching them teach their youngins to fly. I mean, it's such a process. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, come on, That's you a can lot do of work it. that they do it to, to get them to the out the of the nest. Yeah. Just, turkeys, you're on your own. Excellent. Yeah. So we've just got a couple of minutes left, Kian. So I just want to go back to this workshop where you're sort of a one-day workshop where people can discover their voice, their poetry, their own mark, which you're saying is a fingerprint. It's totally unique. It is. So that's, that's what you're, you're doing is that you're kind of trying to bring out that poetic uniqueness. I am. I think we get caught up in forgetting our fingerprint and thinking that our fingerprint looks like everybody else's but yeah I want to create a very safe nurturing place where people can trace around that their own their own mark and find their own voice and feel comfortable in expressing it and hopefully write some great work. Gian, thank you so much for joining us today and Sai you're, you're, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks so, Rudy it's been great that, that, that just whizzed past. I know it's, it's, it's so quick. Isn't it? Yes. Time is a funny thing. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Same beat time, same bohemian frequency for more poetic entertainment. We will end with another track from Guyane's suburban opera called Flowers for the Enemy. Thank you for joining us on the Bohemian Beat. story for a while